Join us for an action-packed crossover episode of Locked on Fantasy Baseball, where we review the 2023 season for the Cincinnati Reds. You are Locked on Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, fantasy baseball fanatics, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. As always, we're your number one source of fantasy baseball knowledge, and thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. I'm your host, Dominic Martino. You can find me on Twitter at DomMartinoFB. Here, as always, with my brother, my co-host, my partner in crime, Matthew Ane, and you can find him on Twitter at Matthew underscore Ane. And today, we are honored to have a special guest, the host of Locked On Reds, Jeff Carr. Hey, great to be with you guys. Thanks for coming, Jeff. We appreciate it. Guys, if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or anywhere that last five-star ratings or reviews, we would truly appreciate it if you could do that for us. Also, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't already, hit that little bell below. It subscribes to the channel. also gives you a notification every time we drop a new episode. And as we mentioned at the top, talking about those Cincinnati Reds today, that 2023 season, we have um, the Cincinnati Reds expert, as far as I'm concerned, host of Lockdown Reds, Jeff Carr. And, um, you know, just to give you a little bit of reference, in case you weren't following the Reds, they finished the season 82 and 80. That was good for third place in the NL Central. A lot of great young players called up, especially in that bats department. And, um, Jeff, uh, we just want your thoughts on how you think the Reds did as a whole this season. And then maybe if we can get into some of these young bats and how they, you know, propelled the Reds to a winning record this season. Yeah, I think if you paid attention to the Reds this year and you took advantage of them in fantasy, then you may have been in a good position in your league. Not a lot of people know about the Reds, and they've not been really knowable for the better part of my lifetime, really. I mean, as, as a Reds fan my entire life, I definitely recognize that there's been a lot of lean years in Cincinnati, but 2023 was not one of them. It's been one of the most exciting years that I can remember as a Reds fan. And I think that there were a lot of performances that are, are not just, you know, flash in the pan type deals. Sure. There were a couple of those guys like Nick Martini, Jason Vossler and things like that, but there's definitely futures and, and, and long futures ahead for most of these players. All right, man. That's, that, that's awesome. Matt, any thought, any thoughts here on the Reds? Um, what do you probably, think, brother? Probably the most exciting team for the next five years outside of Baltimore. I feel like you guys were having a competition of like, okay, who's going to call up the youngest dude yet? And then it turns around, you turn around, it's like, okay, this one came up. Oh, oh we got to get this one out. So it was kind of cool. Um, you know, honestly, the talent I feel like is super overwhelming uh, in terms of the Reds this year. And quite honestly, might be one of the scariest teams in baseball come like 2026. So it's going to be fun. They got to make the right moves for sure. There's definitely some holes, but the the core is there. They've got a lot of dudes that are going to be a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, I say that, you know, they're one of the best kept secrets. There's a very high likelihood people drafted Ellie De La Cruz, but outside of that, I don't see any of these rookies having been on anyone's radar at draft time. So you were scouring the waiver wire, waiting for them to waiting for any sort of inkling that they were going to be called up and, you know, I, I got my hands on Matt McClain because of that. I got my hands on uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand because of that. You know, B. 
being the Reds guy. Although most of the leagues that I'm in have Reds fans in them. So it's not as if I'm sneaking up in it on anyone there, but, uh, those are the kind of dudes that really were able to turn the table, especially if you were a team that didn't quite get the top end talent or you had guys that were injury prone or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know what, we kind of, we kind of mentioned the name a little bit, and I think this is a great starting point as we talk about players. I think we have to talk about LED La Cruz, show the kids some love. Had a pretty strong, you know, um, rookie campaign, even though that second half did slow him down a little bit. Let's uh, give you guys those full numbers in case you weren't paying attention to the electric electricity that Ellie De La Cruz was bringing to the field through 98 games as a 21 year old. Ellie De La Cruz played um, well, 98 games, like I said, 388 at bats, 67 runs, 15 doubles, seven triples, 13 homers. 44 RBIs, a whopping 35 stolen bases, and he did hit 235. The plate discipline does need a little bit of work, but in today's day and age, that doesn't always mean everything. But um, Jeff, as the you know the Reds guy, what are your thoughts on Ellie De La Cruz? And you know, started off very very hot. The steals continued all the way through, but he did, I believe, at 191 through the second half after coming out like a house on fire. He's gonna be so much fun to kind of keep track of. Some of my favorite like analytical stats like BABIP and stuff like that, because you always say, well, if the guy's got a high BABIP, it's probably coming down. Not with him. Like if the ball's in play, he's got yeah. better than 50, 50 shot of making it to first. He beat out a ground ball to first base this I, year. I, I saw that one. That was like, fantastic. It's crazy. And, and I forget what they said. Like, I think it's like either six or seven strides to each base. Like it's not only that he's fast, but he's long leg, very tall guy. And he can do all of the things on the bases. He can do all of the things with the bat and, you know, fielding's not necessarily a fantasy thing, but it's not going to keep him out of the lineup either. You always worry about that with, you know, certain guys, you know, what position are they going to play? Doesn't matter. Ellie De La Cruz can play any of them because he is just, he's got all the range. He's got all the arm strength. So it's going to keep him on the field even when he might be going through some slumps and yeah, the, the strikeouts are definitely a bit of a concern, but like, even when he was coming up through the minors, he would have a, like a 28%, 30% strikeout rate and he'd still be batting three thirty. So he's going to find a way that, you know, as long as he can put the ball in play, it's going to be dangerous. And he was working and he, he, you could tell he didn't quite have it like honed in, but he was working later on in the year on trying to lay down bunt singles. And he, he becomes consistent with that. Then I don't know how you defend the guy. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun to watch how he develops throughout the off season and spring training, not to mention the whole bunt hit thing. I mean, he's on the team where the guy who led the league in bunt hits played in TJ Friedel. So he might be able to teach him a thing or two. <laughs> there you go. That's Matt, want to chime in on this LED La Cruz uh, rant right here? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, Jeff really did a great job. Actually, I kind of want to turn it back to you, and I want to ask you yeah. uh, in terms of what do you think his ceiling could be for next year and then his floor? Ceiling, I I think, I, I don't think he's got a 300 batting average in him, but I definitely think that, you know, he can improve from where he was. I could see him, I think ceiling, you're probably thinking 285 probably what's most likely to happen. He probably hits around 260, 270, but the power is going to be there because, I mean, you just got all that pop in the world. Even his rookie season, he still was very high on the average exit velocity for all of his hits. And, and, and two, like, 
the stolen bases thing, like if you're, if you're playing and just kind of thinking from a fantasy perspective, you play in a categories league, you got Ellie De La Cruz. You're not worried about steals with most of your other positions because playing a whole season, like you said, he only played 98 games. He still got 35 steals. So like what's going to happen when he plays 162? We're talking 60, 70, 80. Like he could be a one man wrecking crew for just the stolen base stats. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch him in particular there. I, I definitely think the worry is that he cannot figure out um, the, the hitting thing, but I, I noticed that he was making adjustments to breaking balls. He was making adjustments to the fastballs that were up and in on him. And that's a thing that, you know, as long as you're a rookie, you're going to have to learn how to adjust and just seeing that he could adjust just wasn't necessarily getting the results all the time. I, I think he's going to take a big step forward next season. All right. And Dom, where do you have him ranked? Ellie De La Cruz. I have him ranked going into next season. I have him as my number seven shortstop and my number four third baseman. I'm, I'm bullish on him. As Jeff mentioned, kid has all the tools. And at 21, look at the season he had going into his age 22 season next year. Uh, I think he's going to be fantastic. I honestly still think uh, from the bad second half, that people might underrate him a little bit now mm -hmm. as to where when he first came up, he was being a little bit overrated. I heard um, talks of, oh, this kid is a first round pick hands down next year, which made me nervous because, you know, I, he does have the tools to do that. But, you know, you never really want to take that risk with your number one player, uh, you know, the unseen. But I, I really love Ellie De La Cruz. Matt, where do you have him? Right? I'll, I'll toss the question right back to you. I got him at five at shortstop, quite honestly. I, I'm yeah. bullish uh, to say he's a first round you know, pick that's a little outrageous being that he did not have a Julio Rodriguez season. He just had a really nice showing and showed the potential that I, I like for a year two player. But before we do, we talk about the guy that is probably has the best nickname on the show crawling around in those vents on Christmas. We have CES coming up and a whole bunch of other great young dudes that you're going to want to keep an eye on for the fantasy baseball season. But before that, we have somebody great to talk about. And guys, let's talk about Bird Dogs. Today is sponsored by the clothing company Bird Dogs. Looking for clothes that redefine comfort and style? Look no further than Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs makes you look good in Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. Bird Dogs uses an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. And Matt and I and Jeff would know that because Bird Dog, you know, has hooked us up with a bunch of gear, as we always talk about. And it's fantastic. So if you want to be like us, the Locked On Fantasy crew and Locked On Reds with Jeff, Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB. And when you enter the promo code locked on MLB, you get a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. Once again, that's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, guys, um, we're back here. Let's keep things pushing. No nice Ellie De La Cruz talk here. Let's move on to some of these other great young bats. Let's talk about Matt McLean. Uh, guy, he was, 
not a very, very highly touted prospect, but you might have heard the name before if you're in, you know, the circles. Uh, 5'8", 180, righty. Um, had a very, very strong showing as a rookie this year in his age 23 debut, 89 games for McLean, 365 at-bats, 65 runs, 23 doubles, 4 triples, 16 homers, 50 RBIs, 14 steals, and a 290 batting average. Looked very, very solid. But we got to turn to, you know, Jeff and the reason why we brought him here. Jeff, what are your thoughts on Matt McLean and people that might not be familiar with the name? What do they need to know about this young kid? He can do everything. And as much as Ellie De La Cruz is, is kind of billed to be that kind of a player, so is Matt McClain. Uh, coming up through the minor leagues, the biggest question about him was, could he hit for power? He had the contact, he had, you know, the base running, the, the fielding and all that stuff. And his first 89 career games, he slugs 500. And in fact, my, my favorite statistic on him, uh, this was a, it was a great stat from a red statistician on our, our television broadcasts through, and this was, partway through the season, through their first 35 career games, Joey Votto and Matt McClain had the same amount of home runs, the same batting average. Matt McClain had a better on base, better slugging, and more doubles in their first 35 career games. So when you compare the two, so it's like this, this dude really kind of just exploded onto the scene and yeah, a lot less hype than, uh, than was Ellie and kind of, honestly, whenever he was caught up in may, there were a lot of folks that were just like, Where's Ellie? Why are we calling this guy up first? Yeah. And then he just goes nuts. And it's very obvious that in the locker room, he's a leader too. So he's, he is going to be a mainstay in this organization for the next couple of years. Probably. I mean, you're, you're talking about batting second or third, uh, without question, because he is so dynamite with the bat. I, I think 290 is right around where you probably see him bat just because of the way that he hits. He's, he's not a high strikeout guy. Um, he doesn't walk a ton, but he's got really good play discipline. And I really think too, that on the bases, he kind of got unlucky. He was not very good as far as, you know, his stolen base to caught stealing ratio. He, he got caught a, a number of times, Five. but I, I feel like he was really good at taking that extra base. And once he kind of hones in his ability to steal base, he's got the athleticism to do it. So I really think that, that's something that he'll just add to his game. So you're talking about a dude that's going to give you everything on the baseball field and he's going to give the Reds everything too. Yeah, man. Honestly, I, I love everything you're saying about him because quite honestly, for fantasy wise, I actually have him ranked right now as my 11th shortstop. And I honestly, spring training may make him rise into the top 10 of that because McLean had just did everything you want to see as a first First year player, 290 batting average, like you said, and the OPS number of 864 gets me really excited as just, you know, if somebody that's looking at who's going to be able to be viable for fantasy in the shortstop category and somebody that might be able to set me the difference between, you know, picking a well-known name or who can have the most upside and get later in a draft. And I think McLean is going to be very overlooked, but yet I'm going to have him ranked, I think, higher than most of the market, whereas he could be somebody that. You know, you wait on shortstop, one of the deepest positions in fantasy baseball, and McLean could be somebody that can be a world rocker next year. Yeah, both of you, great takes. I don't really have too much to add. I'll, you, Matt talked about where he has him at shortstop. He also did play, I think, um, 30-plus games at second base, mm -hmm. so he'll be eligible at second base as well. I have him as my sixth second baseman. Second base is a weak position. So I really think if you get a guy like McLean and if, you know, the, um, the fantasy baseball community isn't as keen on him, 
as you know guys like us and Jeff are, you'll be able to get him at a decent, decent price. And as Jeff said, he does it all, power, speed, batting average. And if that Reds team takes another step forward, the runs and RBIs, you're talking about a, a potential five-tool guy. But um, an, a great conversation on McLean. Let's move on to a big-time slugger. I think a lot of people were anticipating this guy getting the call when he finally did. Uh, he really didn't, didn't disappoint. Let's talk about CES, Christian Encarnacion Strand, six foot, 224 righty, a uh, monster of a man. Uh, like The guy has unlimited power potential as far as I'm concerned. 63 games this year, 222 at-bats, 29 runs, 7 doubles, 13 homers, 37 RBIs. He chipped in a couple of steals, and he hit 270. Um, you know, he looked great as 2022 minor league uh, season. He had 32 homers, 114 RBIs, 304 batting average, was an absolute monster. But um, once again, Jeff, my brother, um, tell these, tell everybody about Christian Encarnacion Strand and how good he is. Dude is amazing at the plate. He's the heir apparent to my favorite red of all time, Joseph Daniel Votto. Um, and I, I, I'm guessing that Joey Votto is probably not going to be back next year, but even if he is, it's going to be more in a DH role. CES is going to be the everyday first baseman for the Reds, I believe in next, uh, in 2025 or 2024. What he does at the plate, he really recognizes pitches well. And I saw it early on. He just, he was watching a lot of pitches. He was trying to get the feel for how everything broke, how everything looked, where umpires were with their zones. And he sort of had a little bit of a slow start. That's why as soon as he was called up, it almost felt like because of the way that Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz, and even, you know, on the pitching side of things, guys like Andrew Abbott really burst onto the scene after their call up CES kind of took a minute to, to kind of, settle in and then once he was settled in everybody's like oh yeah that guy he's like a rookie isn't he and he was <laughs> clobbering the ball like absolute bombs that he was hitting and i really feel like he's probably going to be this team's cleanup hitter of the future i mean he's got all the power in the world for that something that he was randomly strangely good at doing in the minors was hitting bad pitches he kind of like resolved it amongst himself that he was just going to swing he was going to try and put the ball in play but he doesn't it doesn't feel like he chases a lot. He doesn't really get fooled by a lot of different stuff, and he is able to recognize what's coming platewards. So I, I think that the hitting acumen for him is already super advanced, and then you add in the fact that he's he can hit the ball a country mile. Like There's a thing at Great American Ballpark, for those who aren't Reds fans, of if you hit this sign in center field, then a random fan who's, whose name gets picked before the game wins a Toyota Tundra. Now they put that in a spot that guys aren't supposed to be able to hit, but between Ellie and CES, I think that they might have to downgrade the Tundra to maybe like a, I don't know, a Tacoma or, you know, maybe even a, a Corolla. It's it's there might be a couple of times that they hit these signs moving forward because these guys just have all the power in the world. Personally, I'm moving to Cincinnati after hearing that so I can go to more games <laughs> so I can get myself a Tundra. But, you know, that's just me. And also, I have a great nickname for that ballpark. It's actually Great American Hitter Park because you can just, the ball just flies right out there. So, yeah, that changed the nickname from a, a Great American Small Park to Great American Hitter Park if, if, in case, case you, you guys need to know. Yeah. At least that I, just doesn't mean that the acronym isn't GASP anymore. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, let me let me just throw this out there. Uh, if you had Christian Incarnacion Strand, you stra you stashed him, like like we told you, and you held on to him through the uh, brutal battle at the beginning of his, his career on the Reds, and you held him through to, the, to September, you pretty much 
got a championship with him on your roster because over that, weeks were wild. it was absolutely monstrous. The month number was 83 at bats, 14 runs, two doubles, eight bombs, 18 ribs, a stolen base and batted 301 with an OPS of 963. You couldn't ask for more from him. Christian Ancanosian Strand won you a championship. And before we move on and continue drooling over all these young prospects, we have another sponsor to talk about. October baseball is back, and you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with a $200 bonus bet guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to create a new account today. Then you can get in the action from first pitch to final out. Bet on everything from strikeouts to home runs to who will win the game. And if you can't wait and you're super impatient to get the W, predict what's going to happen next in, at the next at bat with quick bets. So head over to FanDuel.com slash locked on right now. Set up, step up to the plate this postseason with a $200 bonus bet. Guaranteed, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the MLB. All right. That that one always gets me riled up. I love that. I love that so much. But uh, guys, also too, something we haven't talked about and something that I think everybody needs to get on is our Diamond Club over here on Subtext. If you haven't checked it out, give us a whirl. We're going to be posting all our, you know, draft season stuff that you're going to want to get in on from dra- uh, rankings to sleepers to busts and so much more. And you can ask us questions directly through the through a text message where you can ask all your questions on who I should keep, who I should draft, who I should drop, and so much more. So check us out on subtext. Okay. So with that being said, tell us how you feel about Hunter Green, Mr. Jeff. Strikeout <laughs> machine. Absolutely beautiful with him. He's a little bit inconsistent. The the long ball still seems to bite him a bit. He's He's got the fastball. He's got the slider. And he just really hasn't quite found that third pitch that he can lean on. He's really tried to work with a changeup. Um, I, I think he's close, but I also thought he was close coming into last season too. And then also there were, you know, there was something in spring training that was reported that he had figured out how to make his slider either be horizontal or vertical. And he could grip it and, and do both, but I just didn't see that consistently. It's it's very much a traditional slider and a pretty straight fastball that if he's really rolling, and, and this is the thing that you know, if you've got yourself a good Hunter Green day, when you see in the first inning, you see the rise on that fastball, then he's going to just be shutting down whoever it is that he's facing. But there are some days where that fastball is flat, and, and that's where you see the the five homer day that he gave up to the Brewers and just some different games where you're like, man, oh man, why do I have this guy on my team? And there, there's a lot of Reds fans that have decided that they know who Hunter Green is because of those days. But I mean, kid's still really young. So he's, he's going to figure this out. And I think that we're going to see a, an even more improved guy next year. Um, the injuries have still been a little bit of an issue. And I think that's just because of who he is as a pitcher. Like, you know, we're seeing this across major league baseball guys that have the ability to go all out throughout their entire starts sort of seem to have some health problems here and there. So I, I think his next evolution isn't just the third pitch, but it's going to be to figure out how to pitch it, you know, 85% or or 90% 
or, or heck, even 95% of the effort that he will sometimes give on a daily basis. But overall, I, I really think the development is there. Yeah, Jeff, that, that's a st- strong take on Hunter Green. I think he needs to take um, uh, a page out of Verlander's book where, I don't know if you, if you guys remember, but I remember um, there was a start back in the day when uh, Verlander was with Detroit, and his last pitch of the game was the hardest one that he threw. And then um, the MLB decided to do one of those random drug tests on him the next day because why are you throwing 100 plus on your last pitch? So if Hunter Green could develop that third pitch, as you know Jeff said, and then learn to – you know, know when to go all out versus when to, you know, all right, keep batters on their toes by, oh, wow, Hunter Green's not throwing 100 off the bat right away. I got to, you know, because that's what they're gearing up for. Uh, I think he's an interesting pick as far as fantasy goes next year. I have him around 50 in my starting pitcher rankings, probably going to move him up or down based on how he looks in that spring if he's working on that changeup, things like that. But Hunter Green does have all the talent in the world. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts here on him, brother? Honestly, I love Hunter Green. You know, he gives me a lot of vibes like Jack Flaherty did, where Jack Flaherty started off his career with just two pitches and then managed to get the full, you know, rounded out multiple pitches, essentially. And then, you know, just unfortunately couldn't stay healthy. I hope that isn't the same trajectory as Hunter Green, where he could kind of surpass the injury bug, like Jeff was saying. And you know what? We'll see. He's young enough where there's still that potential and just hopefully doesn't pitch to a torn shoulder like Jack Flaherty. And you know what? He'll probably be just fine. But, yeah, that's enough on Hunter Green. Now, this is Dom's favorite pitcher, I think, in all of Red's, you know, you know, lineup. Um, Jeff, I want to hear your thoughts on Andrew Abbott first, though. He has been so much fun to watch. He is a pitcher's pitcher. Uh, he always talks about, you know, approaching the game from a very strategic angle. He's not Hunter Green. Hunter Green will hit 100. Andrew Abbott sits around 93. Like, if he hits 95 – you know that he's really raring back to throw that pitch. Like he's not a velocity guy. He is a movement deception. He's got, you know, a fastball, a slider and a curve that you can really mix and mix up and and really fool some hitters with. And his big thing. And and especially early on was, is he going to walk too many guys? And it's funny because if you listen to him talk at the end of each game, I think he counts the walks more than he counts any other thing because like he'll have a game where he goes seven innings and allows no runs on like two hits. But if he has three or four walks, he's just like, man, guys got to stop that. I got, I got to figure out, I got to figure out what I'm doing here because the, these are just too many walks. Like that's what he's focused on. And I love the fact that he's always focused on improving because obviously you just start your career. You definitely need to continue that development, but he is, He's an interesting guy. I don't necessarily know that you can bank on a consistently high strikeout number. His first couple of starts, I think, are are a little bit of enigma in that range because he didn't strike out a lot of guys, but he still pitched deep into the ball game, um, and, and he did have some high strikeout games. But I think those will be a little bit more few and far between. He's more Graham Ashcraft than Hunter Green. I like that comparison, but uh, sorry, Dom, I know you want to hop in there. No, no, I, I, I really just kind of wanted, you know, I, I love hearing Jeff talk about Abbott because I, I didn't get to watch a lot of his games this year. You know, I kind of did a lot of um just deep diving, look at like baseball savant after his starts to look at what he was throwing and how it worked out for him and stuff like that. So it is really great to get some insight on the the Reds expert here on Andrew Abbott. But um Jeff, one last thing on Abbott before we move on here. 
what do you think he could be next year? Do you, do we think, you know, I know you said the strikeouts might not be there, but do we think he could have a mid three ZRA with almost around a K per nine? And can he lower that whip as well? Can he get the, you know, the hits and the walks under control? The one thing that'll be key for me is what's the fly ball to ground ball ratio look like? Because he gave up a lot of fly balls last year. Yeah. It's tough to do that in. Yeah, in Great American uh, Hitters Park, uh, it, it's not not a good not a good thing to give up fly balls. So that's going to be the really big key on if he could keep that ERA around three and a half. I definitely think he can drop it below four. He is a rotation lock though. Like he's a guy that coming into spring training, like you know, we're we're looking really at four guys so long as they're healthy between Green, Lodolo, Ashcraft, and Abbott that are locks here. And I don't necessarily think it's in that order because good Abbott before September had an ERA of 3.8 and, and, you know, September just really seemed like he had hit his wall. He'd hit that, that point where he had never been before. And so he's like, how do I pitch now? And when I'm like, just exhausted every day, he, he never said that he never admitted to it. He said, I'm not tired. Fatigue is not a factor. It's just execution. It's just, you know, when you lose execution, it's probably because you're tired, but that's fine. He's human. We're all human. So I really think that Am- Abbott coming into next year has that ability to get closer to three, five. I think we're probably seeing somewhere around three, seven, three, eight, but I mean, that's still a pretty good pitcher. Yeah, that's, that's not bad as all. but um, as we're getting close to the end of things here, there's one more name, Jeff, that we, we do want to hear you talk about. I know it was one of Matt's guys too. So I know Matt's going to want to get in there. And then if we have a second, maybe we'll throw out some, you know, reds that we could look at for fantasy for next year. But I think we have to talk about Nick Lodolo as we're heading out here. Yeah. Uh, had huge, huge expectations coming into the year. Um, breakout potential. I know most every fantasy baseball analyst was talking about how good this guy could be. Injuries held him back this year. So, Jeff, in your opinion as the Reds expert, who is the real Nick Lodolo? I definitely don't think it's the guy that we saw in a very tiny sample size in 2023. Um, he's somewhere he's somewhere around a number two starter um he's got the high k per nine he's going to keep that the walks will be not a huge issue it's probably something he's going to keep in check the biggest question is what is going to happen with that leg he had a stress reaction in his plant leg and that was the reason it was like whenever he hit the injured list i remember the initial reports were it's probably gonna be out two weeks and we'll we'll reevaluate but we don't think it's gonna be very long he never pitched again like during 2023, he went on the injured list on June 3rd, and that was it. That was all we saw of him. So it, it, he wasn't even there for when the Reds were good. Um, I really think that he is going to come into good year for spring training just with a n- renewed fire that maybe he, I, mean, I wouldn't say he was comfortable, but maybe he was kind of easing into the role of like ace 1B coming into this season where now he's got to be a little bit hungry because watching Abbott pitch, there's some legitimate questions as to who's better between Abbott and Lodolo, which is a good thing for Reds fans. But, you know, personally for Lodolo, where does that put his fire and how he prays? I think he's going to come in and, and he's going to be number one healthy. And number two, he's going to be working really, really hard to seeing what he's got. He's another guy like he needs a third pitch, but he's so good with that back foot breaker that, as long as he's locating that fastball, he could be he could be an ace potential for sure. 
Yeah, you're you're singing praises and you know really gonna make him rise up my rankings. I think, I think you're getting that uh, excited over there, Jeff. Matt, that's one of Matt's guys. He's getting a little excited over there. I could see. He's yeah. fun to watch. I I missed him yeah. all year. Like that was the one thing. I was just man. I wish wish we were seeing Lodolo out here, especially with how Red's starting pitching was all year long. Very very bad statistical group right there. <laughs> Gosh, yeah. And um, Nick Lodolo, I think will have a fine season. I think he might just go off on a slow start. And spring training, it's probably going to look more like him working on something and have a down spring. So somebody that you might be able to get at a value. But Dom, we're running out of time here. Why don't you take us out? Yeah, guys, so that's all for today. I uh, just want to give a huge shout-out and thank you to Jeff Carr, host of Locked on Reds. Guys, if you're not already subscribed to his channel and um, subscribe to him on Spotify and Apple, wherever you listen, you need to go do that. But, guys, once again, all for us today. You know, Thank you for tuning in. Shout-out to our everydayers and new listeners for making Locked on Fantasy Baseball your first listen each and every day and Locked on Reds your second listen each and every day. Guys, until tomorrow, see you. Peace.